Well, I want to I want to share. Um, I've been thinking a lot about a lot of things, and uh, <clears throat> a lot about being born again, and how powerful that is, and what it means. You know, our our start in the kingdom, our, our forgiveness of our sins. The, you know, the hope that God puts in us, the forgiveness that we sense from Him, is amazing. So I've been pondering that quite a bit uh, this last week, and then the last couple of weeks. In uh, Wednesday morning men's uh, breakfast and Bible study, we are now in Ephesians 5, midway through, which is, I mean, huge, amazing progress. And But it's more than that. I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and it's just like, it's not that Ephesians is the only thing we do. I mean, it has all kinds of fingers and arms and tributaries and everything, and it touches so many other things, and we, we really get into some great discussion don't we Chris it's it's it's, a, it's really good and um, so I've been thinking about what we've been talking about being filled with the spirit and and all that that entails and I love some of the answers that some of the guys were given uh, just about the practicality of being filled with the spirit and that as we walk in two kingdoms the kingdom of this world which is temporal and the kingdom of God, which is eternal, and how they run to get alongside each other, and they overlap, and they and if we're paying attention, then we have those eyes, those born again eyes, those born again of the spirit eyes to see the kingdom around us, and if we'll just look, open our eyes for it, it's there. So I've been thinking a lot about that, and and then with getting older, more of the people that you know are dying. I mean, that's just a reality. And it's kind of a strange feeling, but, but you're reminded of people that said, you know, all my friends are gone already. I can remember uh, Kathy's grandmother, one of, one of her grandmothers, her dad's mother, saying, you know, God, did you forget me? You know, I'm ready, you know, anytime. And, and it's amazing, too, how as, as when we're younger, we think, oh, I, I really don't, you know, I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to die to get there, you know? <laughs> right? Um, but <clears throat> and we do experience some heaven on earth. But I mean, this is like, wow, when you're rid of this thing, man, whew, you can really totally and fully enjoy the, the, the intense presence of the Lord. But I, I just just thinking about that, how as I get older, you know, there are uh, more of our families gone or uh, some are facing uh, death even now. And the, how that brings us a sobriety, a soberness, a, a somberness even uh, to your thoughts and, and where you're going. And so you begin to even think more about the kingdom of God and the reality of the kingdom of God and its eternality. And so I've been thinking about that. And also with the craziness of the world and the, the rapid increase of technology, some of the things that we read in the Bible 40 years ago, uh, those of you who are over 40, uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, well, how can this happen? You know, how could, how could the mark of the beast take place? How could you stop all buying and selling with a simple mark? And it's like, psh, it's cake now. You know, there's nothing to that. 
You know, mash a button. You know, put a little few chips in and you're done. You're good. I mean, we're already nearly a cashless society. And I'm not trying to instill fear. I'm just saying that there are times and seasons in God. And he's not kidding about all the things that he said. And even though maybe we can't understand and see some of the prophetic things that were stated. Hey, how about when Jesus came and the Pharisees are looking for Messiah and the Sadducees and, the, you know, and you know, the Jewish nation is looking for Messiah. Messiah comes and is just like, what? Well, they're, they're just as, I was going to say, they, they were just as dumb as we are, or we're just as dumb as they are, or they were, or we're just as smart as they are, they're smarter than we are, or something like that, just to say that, hey, it can happen to us too. <coughs> Sir? Nothing new under the sun. We're still people. Yeah. Amen. Fallen race. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. So I just want to talk about a little bit. About times and seasons, and, and this by no means covers the basis of all, all that can be said. But we'll look at a little bit of, of prophecy, but we'll also look at a little bit at this season, at this time, you and I are here. Right? I can safely say that all of us are here. Yeah. It's pretty profound. But this is a season for us. Are, do we recognize this season in our lives? You know, you've got grandpa and grandma and daughter and daughter and grandchildren. I mean, three generations just sitting right there. Now, they're each in a different season in their life, but we're living in an overall season that we're all a part of, right? Are you good? That kingdom season that's happening. Okay, so here we go. I love you guys. <laughs> I'm glad you love me. That God, I'm loved by you. Yes. Yeah. I could just go home right now. But no, I, I won't. Somebody might be saying, yeah, man, you should, really. <laughs> Times and seasons. To everything, Ecclesiastes in the Amplified 3, 1 through 14. To everything, there is a season. Turn, turn, turn. No, that's hard. They added that part. And the time for every matter... Or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. And for some of you, a time to weep is very important. You know, even if your dad said, you know, only girls cry or only babies cry, you know. No. There's a, there's, there's a time for that. And God has made that in us. And I'm just throwing that out for free. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to dance. That's in the Bible? Yeah. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. I don't think that means pro provocative movement. A time to, I just, a time, oh, I got to tell you a funny story. <clears throat> the other day, um, Erica, um, who sings with us, you know, Erica, Washington, yeah. Uh, she says, hey, there's this really great song by the girl that used to be in Antebellum. She said, Hayes, I think, and her family, and they do this song called I Will Be Done. Anybody heard that or uh, seen the video? The video's a little, but I mean, it's like, what? 
Keep that dress that goes like this. Not like this. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, let's be honest. Uh, so Erica says, hey, when next time Suzanne comes up, Suzanne's our daughter who dances. And uh, according to Ecclesiastes, of course. And uh, she says, Suzanne can dance a song and we can just like be behind the curtain or something. Does everybody want to see what's happening? Okay. Hey, Fred. Good to see you, buddy. You got some donuts? We could break right now. Just kidding. So, uh, <laughs> thank you for doing that, Amy. Yeah, that's Amy, if anybody doesn't know Amy. Hi, Amy. Can you wave? Yeah, that's good. Um, so, Erica says, why didn't Suzanne dance that song? We can sing the song. We can be behind the curtain and everything like that. And everything. So, I'm getting really excited. And I, and I called Suzanne. I said, Suzanne, I left her a message. and said, you know, Erica's got this thing that will be done and everything like that. And she calls back and she goes, hey, you know, I got really excited. And then I realized I'm pregnant. <laughs> so you got this visual, you know. <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a funny story. But there's a time and a season. You know, there's a time for her to dance. It's probably not when she's, you know, six, eight, uh, about seven months she would be. Anyway, wow. Crazy. To everything, there's a time and a season. Oh, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. Hate well. There's a good book about that. A time for war, and a time for peace. What profit remains for the worker from his toil? I've seen the painful labor and exertion and miserable business which God has given to the sons of men which, with which to exercise and busy themselves. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. A divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages, which nothing under the sun but God alone can satisfy. Is that not amazing? May I read that again? Yes. <laughs> I have my permission. No, I'm kidding. Sing it. <laughs> a divinely implanted sense of a purpose working through the ages. I can't do that. Which nothing under the sun. But God alone can satisfy. That's awesome. Yet, so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I know that there is nothing better for them than to be glad and to get and do good as long as they live. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatever God does... It endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. And God does it so that men will reverently fear Him. Revere and worship Him, knowing that He is. That He is. Isn't that good? That's so good. So, so we have these times and seasons. How do, we, how do we handle these times? How do we recognize them? How do we recognize what season... We're in. How? What do we do? We, if we recognize it, what do we do with it? What, what's God's impetus for us? What's His desire for us? 
What's He calling us to do? Well, even God Himself has timetables. God's perfect timing to meet the cry of eternity in our hearts. In Romans 5, 1 through 6. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, New American Standard. Through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into His grace. In which we stand. And we exalt in hope of the glory of God. Amen. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations. We can only do this as believers. Knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance. And perseverance, proven character. And proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts. Through the Holy Spirit. Who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Amazing. So God has timing. The universe has timing. It has order. And so there are some, some things that are set. By the hand of God. And then there are things that He lets roll. There are decisions that He has made. And those, those cannot be changed. But there are decisions that we have been given by God to be able to make. See, it's really not our own decisions. It's just that God says, okay, you know what? I'm going to give you a couple of choices here. And we say, well, how about this choice? Oh, no, that one's not in there. <laughs> That's the sovereignty of God. But he has time. He has things that are set in time that we cannot change. I want to say that again. He has set things in time and on the timetable in eternity that we cannot change. Yes, yes, isn't that good? We cannot expedite things in his timetable, nor can we slow them. Now, there are times in the scripture where men prayed and things changed. But you know what? Let's be real. God had that choice in the plan before he even gave the option. Are, are you with me? It's not like. And so some of us have bought into this thing that we'll, we'll just move the hand of God. Right. No. We will move with the hand of God. Amen. So, because God is God and we are not. And His timetable is established. And it is wise for us to understand the times and the seasons and fit in to that timetable. Amen? That's where our joy is. That's where our fulfillment is. Because even though it may look good, it's really not. It's anti-Christ. That, that's a bold statement. That's a kind of a heavy statement, but it's true. I think it's true. So we work and eat, and the benefit which results from our earthly labors is a gift from God. Just read in Ecclesiastes. Paralleling that labor are the eternal works that Father has prepared for us. And we study that in Ephesians. Two kingdoms running simultaneously. Meanwhile, at just the right time, we were purchased 
for his pleasure to work with him in his eternal kingdom. Isn't it great? First Peter 1, 13 through 21, New American Standard. Therefore, gird your minds for action. We've got stuff to do. Keep sober in spirit. And that's not just show up for, quote, church, unquote, on Sunday morning. <laughs> Amen? Sober, fix your hope, this hope that Paul had, that we read from Paul, that doesn't disappoint. <clears throat> On the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's every revelation that you get of Jesus Christ. From your salvation to your growth from glory to glory to a new revelation of Jesus and who he is in your life. And on and on and on until we are taken forever to be with him. Isn't that good? As obedient children... Do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior. Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. It's your DNA. <laughs> and if you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay Upon earth. And I want to go back to Ecclesiastes where, where that, that whole fear concept is, is expanded a little bit to reverence and honor. And there's a great honoring that happens as we fear the Lord. We give, we serve Him, uh, we treat Him as a special guest, if you will. And Tommy, wasn't it you that, that enlightened some of that? For us, the anyway, um, I thought that was really good. During the time of your stay upon earth, during your time, during this season, during this time, during this little window, sandwiched in eternity that we have on this earth, this time, conduct yourselves in holiness. That's the context. Be holy. For I'm holy. The Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. And if that is the result of the initial grace that we respond to when we're called to be His children. Amen? It is the result. It is the product of life in Christ. Amen? It's not a striving. It's a being. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life, inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb, in unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. For he was foreknown, watch this, he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. Isn't that powerful? That is so powerful. God's timetable. Who through him are believers in God. Who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. So that your faith and hope are in God. It's a great time. It's something for which we are incredibly grateful. And so he's coming again. And this too is going to be just 
at the right time. So let's read a little bit about that. And uh, <clears throat> at one time I actually read the whole chapter of Matthew 24, but I have pared it down a little bit for all of us. So starting with verse 3 through 14 in Matthew 24, just think about timing and season, about what it looks like, how we can kind of tell what's going on and how we fit into that and what our function is, what, what our holiness, if you will, how it works in all of this. And as he was sitting, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> he being Jesus, on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age, this time thing? And Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And so he's given us some, some signs to, to, to keep an eye out for and a warning to, to guard our hearts. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened. Why that's left out so many times, I don't know. But see that you are not Frightened, for those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. Why must they take place? Because God is God. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. That's just a picture. That's just the start. Then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. And you will be hated by all nations on account of my name. And that's happening in places around the world. And at that time, many will fall away and will deliver up one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and will mislead many. And because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. There are times, I'm, a lo I'm, I'm just a generally a loving person. I just am. You know, I just, I don't know. I just, always been that way. But it, there are times when I see the craziness and I see the foolishness that it becomes difficult for me to remain in lockstep with the Lord. Because the discouragement just gets so, so big. It's just like, why do, why do we keep doing this? You know, people are actually turning, people, you know, this kind of stuff happens. And it may happen in different ways, in different families. But divisions are called and caused and, and, and things happen. And I go, why, why do I continue to share this good news? And it's, you know what? It's because that's happening. It's because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. It's because love one another is, 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 is a commandment, it's a way of life. Be holy, be like God, be like who gave His Son even while we were enemies. And so, this, this passage is particularly important to me. <clears throat> because lawlessness has increased, most people's love will grow cold. Guard your love. 
Guard your love. If you, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon, get this. Don't let your love go cold. Amen? In fact, let it increase. Even like Stephen being stoned and looking up into heaven and being able to say, forgive him. You know? And just because he saw the Lord. You know? And so we keep our eyes fixed and focused on the Lord Jesus. And not on the circumstances around us which are going to be crazy. And already crazy for some. Because he is the answer. But the one who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world. For a witness to all the nations. In other words, God's going to give everyone an opportunity in that time. And then the end shall come. Now, quickly, in this context of looking at the signs, we don't, we don't cause wars so we can expedite the end. Right? On and add... Just say that about everything that precedes this. We don't cause dissension so that the end will come. Nor do we preach the gospel of the kingdom to the whole world so that the end can come. That is a bogus attempt to change God's timetable. What he's saying is, you look around and when you see, <laughs> say, John, I don't know about that. Ask the Lord. Read your Bible. The, that was not nice. Lord, forgive me. Y'all forgive me. But it, it, it's just one of those things that it's like it's a, it's a lie that really gets to me. What he's saying is you will see this happen. And we have the technology. We have the travel abilities. We have radio and Internet and things that we can get even into the deepest Parts of the jungles, we can, all of these things can happen. But you don't go unless the Lord says go. You don't try to make the end come. And and yes, there's the hasten, but you need to study that word in in Peter, uh, one of the Peters, uh, whichever one, um, letters. You can't change God's timetable. But we do have the opportunity to see what's happening all around us. He gives us some hints and some signs. And he says, keep your eyes open, but continue to love. Continue to share the truth of the gospel. My gospel. My grace. My love for mankind. Okay? And you'll see these things happen. So you be ready. 27 and 28. For just as the lightning comes from the east and flashes even to the west... With that kind of speed and that kind of like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. Not that it's actually going to flash from the east, west to the east or east to the west or something like that. And I may, but that's not what he's talking about. Listen to what he's saying here. He's saying these are the signs and it's going to happen just as fast and as, and as uh, unexpectedly as the lightning when it goes. <laughs> I mean, how many of us have just jumped, nearly jumped out of our skin, right? That's the way. So, 
So shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. Now, he's not saying there's a bunch of corpses and there's a bunch of vultures. What he's saying is, when there is a corpse of whatever kind, vultures come. You can tell, there's, if you look up and, say, and you see a bunch of buzzards circling in your pasture, there's probably a dead calf. So he's just saying, be aware of signs. There are signs that are very real. You don't see a bunch of vultures so, circling and say, oh, you know what? There must be an ice cream truck over there. <laughs> There's some realities. Anyway, verses 32 through 39. Now learn the parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and it puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. Even so, you too, so recognizing the signs, right? When you see all these things, not when you do all these things, but when you see all these things, recognize that he is near, right at the door. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all things take place. You know, you got to ask, well, what generation is he talking about? Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Take special note of verse 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows. Now, who knows? <laughs> right. Just throw away those books. You know, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Oops. You know, really. And that sold a lot of copies, man. Not even the angels of heaven. And watch this one. Nor the Son, but the Father alone. They're a trinity, they're one, but here's a, a case for Jesus doesn't even know. Isn't that interesting? So, you know, just recognize the sign. Don't beat your head, beat yourself over the head and try to make him come and, you know, and all that. Man, lighten up, lose that. Just let, be led. By the Spirit and just do what He says do. Right? Amen? Now these signs will be here. For the coming of the Son of Man will be just like the days of Noah. No words, stuff will be going on. For as, for as in those days, da 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 da, marriage and all this stuff, everything was happening. Verse 42 and 44, through 44. Oh my goodness, I didn't think it'd be this long. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. Be on alert, be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at the time of the night the thief was coming, he would have been on the alert. And would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Now, he's not talking about somebody breaking into your house. He's talking about how quickly it will come and how, if we're paying attention, we'll know. We'll have an idea of the season and the time. Right? So be ready. Be about Father's business. And i gotta get to, I got to get to this, you guys. Um, <clears throat> so, he's coming back. And Father knows the perfect time again, that perfect time. So what do we do in the meantime? What should be our focus? Should I, should I finish this or do you want me to wait and make it a series? Finish? Okay. <laughs> uh, go to, if you need to go to the bathroom, this is a good time. <laughs> Just kidding, Jake. Okay, so what, are we, what needs to be our focus? John 6, 26 through 29. Jesus answered them and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate 
but loaves and were filled, you know, fish and chips. Do not work for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to eternal life. Kingdom focus. Which the Son of Man shall give to you, for on him the Father, even God, has set his seal. Yes. Jesus did it. He did it right, and I approve. Boom. I approve this message. <laughs> they said, therefore, to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said to him, this is the work of God that you believe in him who he has sent. Is that not powerful? That is great. You want to do the works of God? Don't get a big list. Just believe in Jesus all the time. Honor Jesus all the time. The time. Keep focused on Jesus all the time. Amen? As believers, we all have opportunity to do the works of God. And those works have real value in His eyes. What a privilege is ours to be included in His purposes. How seriously do we take our role? In 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15, According to the grace of God, which was given me, Paul speak, uh, writing, as a wise master builder... I laid a foundation, and another is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it, this work that we're doing. For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds upon the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. It'll prove out. You'll get to see, you know, you'll get, and, and you know what? The hay wouldn't stubble or burn up. And what's good will be left. And we keep on rolling. We keep on rolling. You don't quit because you put a few, you know, a few perishables in there. You know, God will take care of that. You just keep rolling. Amen? For the day will show it. Because it is to be revealed with fire. And the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. And if any man's work which is built upon it remains, he shall receive a reward. You know, what is the thing? He's not going to get beat up because some of the things didn't work out. You know, where do we get that concept? No, it's about the positive things that happen that God builds and, and encourages us and, and says, man... Well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, he's saying, well done, my good and faithful servant, to somebody that I know has made mistakes. Are you with me? He's not saying it to somebody that did everything perfectly because there is no one. He wouldn't, it wouldn't take him long. <laughs> right? But, he, but he's going to burn it up because it, just, it, doesn't, it doesn't last in the kingdom. If any man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. Amen? Yet as through fire. So we have reward to look forward to. We have his salvation to look forward to. You know, the completion of it all. So, so we can be busy about doing the Father's business. Even if we make a mistake, he's going to correct it. He's going to work it out. Are you with me? Don't be afraid. Colossians 3, there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Colossians 3, 23 and 24. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. 
Can I encourage you? To keep doing what He's called you to do. Don't be afraid. If you're a, a perfectionist mentality, it's so hard for you to do something unless you know inside that it's going to be perfect. It's going to, it's going to turn out. And so you'd rather not do anything than to make a mistake. This is not Jesus' way. Jesus says, you keep moving, you strike the rock, you put your foot in the water, you keep moving, and I'll take care of the rest. I'll do that. <laughs> is, I hope that's encouraging. You know? It is to me. We should work hard and enthusiastically. What are we waiting for? Jesus said to his disciples in John 9, uh, this is actually just verse 4. We must work the works of Him who sent me. As long as it is day. Night is coming. The timetable, the eternal timetable, which is kind of an interesting statement, will come to pass. But it's day. Night is coming when no man can work. No need to worry, but when he comes back, work time is over. And it's time to celebrate with him forever. Amen. Woo! Yes! Now we get to celebrate like we did this morning, periodically. But we don't need to spend all of our time doing that. Because we we need to do that every now and then. Because we need to express it. We need to just sense his presence and his arms around us. and, And declare who he is, you know, to the nations. But we've got work to do. And so work enthusiastically as unto the Lord. Not to earn anything because he's already bought it. But to join him in his, in his timetable. Amen? It's our privilege. Wow. No need to worry. But when he comes back, work time is over. Yes. John 14, 1 through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So it gets that focus back again. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And when the time is right, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. So that where I am, there you may be also. I love that. And just a reminder from Ecclesiastes, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He also has planted eternity in men's hearts and minds. To everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. Amen? Let's go get them. Amen? Let's be about Father's business. Amen. Let's go. Celebrate and be grateful.